Hey, it's another Get Geekish podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, we, we took a week off because the world's crazy right now. But we're back. We try to do this every week. Uh, we sit there and myself, my co-host, Bino and Derek, like to talk about all the things that we get geekish about. What does that mean exactly? Well, we like stuff. <laughs> we geek out over stuff. We enjoy stuff. But being uh, that we are adults with jobs and families, we don't have time to dive in like we used to. So instead of going full on geek on a lot of these things, we just kind of get a little, little geekish about right? Right. <laughs> we try. We try. Yeah. And so that's what our podcast every week. We just sometimes talk about the past, sometimes about the future, sometimes about movies, sometimes about snacks we find at the grocery store. But. Either way, thanks so much for joining us, and thanks for uh, Ames Community College for replaying the show every week. It's always, always fun to hear it on there. Uh, but Derek, introduce what is our topic this week? Well, we thought it would be fitting, you know, with the whole corona thing going on and, you know, how AI is advancing a little bit and stuff like that uh, to talk dystopian futures. Um, something, you know, we grew up with in the 80s and the 90s. You know, Mad Max made that a reality for the TV. We had, what, uh, Soylent Green, uh, Gemini Man, Running Man, you know, those type of movies. You're always like, <laughs> that's never going to happen. Um, well, <laughs> it's close. There's some things that are, that are coming to pass, I guess you'd call it, that you, you, you want to say, like, oh, didn't that science fiction movie warn us about this? Come on now. Come on now. Well, and it's really funny. What kind of brought this to light is over the weekend, the wife and I watched Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, surprisingly, did not expect it to be a musical. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it was really good. I, I like when, when they started singing, I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a musical. But anyway, the, the beginning of that movie was like, you know, the beginning of this virus, there's been cases where it was a flu-like virus and blah, blah, blah. And then they turn off the radio and I just looked at my wife. I was like, that's a little too real right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that kind of got me, kind of got me thinking. I feel like a lot of the zombie movies, I think we talked about zombie movies a, a few months back, but mm -hmm. the, the beginning of most zombie movies don't feel too far-fetched if you go to the very, very beginning of them. The first couple chapters of World War Z, the very, very beginning of 28 Days Later, very beginning of Resident Evil. Like there's all this stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're we're right about there, huh? Well, and it's one of those ones too. When you're always watching zombie movies, you're like, this would never happen in real life. Humanity's not that stupid. Hmm. <laughs> you know, talking about people who, you know, when you're sick and they still want to go out and do stuff, just stay home, because <laughs> that's how you don't want to be patient zero. You don't want to be the bringer of the zombie apocalypse or, you know, whatever dystopian future we're going to talk about in this podcast. Well, I, I love that we, we jest about it because it is that same thought of, I think that's the, the matter that most people have is that could never happen. That is so crazy and far-fetched. Nobody's that stupid. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, think of Mad Max movies, all those mm. movies, just that, that world in general. Keep that in mind the next NASCAR race that comes around with all the hullabaloo they've got about drivers wanting to drop out and what flags they can fly on their race and stuff like that. I want somebody to walk down with a camera in the parking lot of that. Just with Mad Max in your mind and see just how close some people have come to that mentality. What a glorious day. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those ones too. Is like, you know, growing up, 
I actually, I loved Mad Max, you know, the Mad Max, the original one, even though it's really cheesy road warrior and Thunderdome, I really like those movies and watching them. You're always like, you know, they're talking about how humanity collapsed on itself because, you know, they went at war with each other and gasoline and everything like that. And you would think that we would learn from movies, <laughs> but yeah, I, and it's one of those ones where, you know, it, getting close to the reality of Mad Max, the way that the environment is going and people are acting, everything like that. You're like, hmm, do I need to start hoarding gasoline? Here, here's my scary thought. Uh, we'll use something like Battlestar Galactica as the, the, the backdrop for this. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now. There's a lot of problems, not just in our country, but in the world of the separation of the haves and the have-nots, of the elite versus the not-elite, the rich versus the not-rich, the Educate versus non-educate, blah, blah, blah. The rifts going between different segments of people. Almost every sci-fi space movie in the future, with the exception of Star Trek, I think, uh, but most of the other ones, Earth gets torn to shreds or blown up or really screwed up bad by us, but somehow we've managed to create some space stations somewhere else, and the best of civilization is moving on and carrying on throughout the galaxy. <laughs> and... I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, maybe I should sign up for SpaceX. Can I get in on that? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Elon, I know you're a little crazy right now, but um, do you have some room? <laughs> you know, I, I just give you a room with a view, and I'll, I'll do my thing. Like, <laughs> well, that's another thing too. Is like even the dystopian. It's not necessarily, you know, even the science fiction ones where you're in space and everything like that. And you look at it, you're like. Oh, this isn't an apocalyptic movie, but if you look at the hindsight of how we got there, like Wally, for one, you know, it's kind of an apocalyptic movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those ones where all of a sudden humanity has to leave Earth because, like you said, we destroyed it for whatever reason. And then you're looking at it, you're like, oh, they, they've been up there, they've lived a cushy life. But, and it's kind of depressing the first hour of the robot just being by himself. You know, yeah. so and that's the same premise of idiocracy. I mean, yeah, that's that's turned into a docudrama instead of a comedy in twenty years. <laughs> plants need the electrolytes. <laughs> it's what plants crave. Well, and the, I, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, if we're going towards like a dystopian future, I'm trying to think of out of all the ones because right now we're leaning more towards Hunger Games than I would like us to. I was hoping maybe we'd be going more towards like Ready Player One type of thing. Mm -hmm. I know at one point we were headed that way, but, you know, we're kind of, it's like we're, as long as we don't go soiling green, I guess, I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few dystopian features that are worse than others, I suppose. Yeah, and that's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I, I think we were talking about that about a year or two ago when it was about Ready Player One, about how many things were that close to technology happening and mm -hmm. like being able to, create the good and bad of society where people never have to leave their house for anything. And the last few months have proved to at least a lot of Americans, there's a lot of things they thought they had to leave the house for that they certainly don't anymore. Right. And it's, it's crazy too, because well, I mean, what one thing that really skyrocketed up with the quarantine was video game sales. You know, you, there were stores sold out of switches. You couldn't get them. And there, obviously you couldn't get them for many different reasons. One, they were getting bought up Two, They were stuck at customs, you know, going through quarantine themselves to make sure that they weren't carriers or anything or nothing was in there. 
like the Simpsons predicted, but you know, and then you saw digital sales kind of rise on video games, you know, do there's a couple times I had to go to the grocery store um, and it's a super target because it's just easier because everything's right there. And I would walk down the, you know, the video game aisle with my mask on and <laughs> video games would be gone. Like even games that I thought people didn't even care about were gone. I was like, humanity's that bored. <laughs> so imagine if we had that movable treadmill, that haptic system, you know, the VR from Ready Player One. That would have been all right. And I, I take it to the next level. You get that haptic 360-degree treadmill that you're running on. We get used to that for a few years. You're stuck in a place where you can't go anywhere. And your treadmill breaks. What do you do? Yeah, is, that, is that when people start going nuts and starting to kill their neighbors because they need stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to borrow a cup of sugar and stab you in the neck because I need your treadmill. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because like one thing that this – dystopian movies got wrong was the need for toilet paper. <laughs> you didn't really see the hoarding of toilet paper in the movies. And I think there's a couple of movies where they're hoarding stuff, obviously, but I don't know. I, I, I still think the toilet paper thing, that is like the most first world problem of anything that has been a problem this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was really worried about something you don't technically actually need. But it's somehow a huge deal for everybody. <laughs> right. But I, I do, uh, I, I'm worried in the next three to five years how many movies we're going to see where that is going to be a key plot point that is brought up. Toilet paper. It'll be like the Twinkies in um, Zombieland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need it'll a good this, roll of Charmin. It'll be this weird inside joke for everybody that was aware of things going on right now, but the outside world will be like, I can't Another one that's a little too close to home, I think, is uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah. A little graphic novel in the movie there. I, I could see a few decisions being made here and there, and we're, we're practically right there, depending on how things go with it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because I remember growing up like watching Running Man. You know, the I don't know if I actually watched Running Man. What? Oh, man, that's an Arnold classic. But watching that where society gets so engulfed with violence and everything like that and game shows that they're okay with releasing convicts and everything like that to try to be free by going up American Gladiator style. And when I was a kid, I was like, this is so cool. Because, I mean, when that movie came out, American Gladiators was huge. And that was something that I always wanted to be on. So, you know, sitting there watching that, I was like, this is crazy. You know, why would people, how would people enjoy watching people like get attacked like this on TV and everything like that? You know, American gladiators wasn't nearly as violent as running man. And then I look at it now and I'm like looking at some of the viral videos that people really upvote and everything like that. I'm like, Hmm. I mean, right now we're kind of dabbling in a whole bunch of different dystopian futures that if we're not careful, we'll go that way. So part, it's funny you bring up the videos that people show on there because I think it's the same thing we've brought up a few times in these movies now that you watch movies and you react. There's no way that's even possible. There's no one that that crazy. That character is so over the top. That villain, no one would ever really be like that. Uh, but I, I liken this to, we'll say, some of, some of the cosplayers, you know, especially some of the female cosplayers. Some of the stories they would tell of requests they'd get in their DMs or random people that, you know, these horrible messages. And... 
at first you think like, is this made up? Are people actually doing it? And you show you like, no, that that's actually what somebody said to you. That's ridiculous. And some of these videos show up the same way. Yeah, there's some people that are trying to make videos more sensationalistic than they actually are. But even some of the other ones of just people's arguments of the store, you look at it, you're like, are you people real? Like, I thought this was a TV set and somebody gave you 400 bucks because they said you wanted to be on Cops, make a scene. Like, this is really how you're acting right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, like, what are what would be a good dystopian future? I guess, you know, Planet of the Apes? <laughs> That we're all gone. <laughs> Is that what well, good about it? <laughs> well, now we'll just be servants for our monkey overlords, I guess. Um, I want to serve robots. Matrix style? Mm. Just be a human battery? Because I guess that, that way you get to just live life complacent. You don't know. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, I don't want to be a battery, but if I didn't know any better, I'd take that over a bloodbath of fighting for water every two months yeah see that would be the thing with the matrix is it's it's dystopian you you just don't know that it's dystopian you're you're in a simulation so mm -hmm. i guess i would take that over like terminator style because yeah like we're being hunted down and eradicated <laughs> yeah yeah don't i don't need that don't need that at least with planet of the apes you you know you still get some civilities <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the whole Mad Max style. Like, people, oh, I'd love to see a Mad Max future. I, you'd love to have the Mad Max car, but you wouldn't want the need to have the Mad Max car. Well, here's the thing on that, too, is like, yes, it'd be fun to drive around. But again, you've got to remember in that movie, gasoline is, even though it doesn't act like it, it's scarce, right? That's one thing that they bring up. Um, there's just a whole bunch of different factions going against each other. And like Mad Max is a loner just trying to survive, and you know get thrown in the middle of it type of thing so it's one of those ones where i'm like mm, the same with like the walking dead like yeah there's neighborhoods where there's safety but there's also like crazy power hungry people in those neighborhoods so no um, same with water world we need more good people know that i think we need more role models and more uh, positive people because there are a lot of not so great people around and what we learn from science fiction and movies and books is those people get into positions of power because they take it and then bad things happen they take it or manipulate it i mean look at gary oldman's character in book of eli you know yeah um, by the way we need to stock up on moist towelettes because that was like money in that movie so <laughs> um but i mean just looking Seems like a drug yeah just looking at looking at that movie and how insatialized he was and power hungry just to get a book and to go out of the way because he knew that book could destroy what he's built up and everything like that. It's just, and I'm saying book cause I don't want to ruin anything. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a fantastic movie, but just that, that whole route that way too of, one little thing will set them off and like, he'll just sit there and manipulate people to do their bidding and everything like that. Same with Waterworld, you know, you have the one guy just very charismatic and, you know, out there controlling everybody. I know people hate on Waterworld, but I still love that movie. It's got a, it's got a spot in my heart. Um, you know, that's, that's like the backward thing that a lot of these 
sci-fi movies have quote unquote warned us about is the way things were going was all these places got the the leaders ended up being people that weren't necessarily smart, didn't necessarily have good intentions, but they somehow were very charismatic. Mm-hmm. I think we've had that a few times in history for real too. But <laughs> no, everyone still seems to fall for it. Whoever's got the best sales pitch, yeah, okay, let's follow that person. Let's do what they say. And, well, the thing too that always cracks me up with these movies is, you know, they're obviously based on fiction, but there is some reality based on them where something's going wrong. A scientist comes to him. People don't listen to that person. You know, something's going wrong. This person who is calm, level-headed goes to this other person, tells them something's going wrong. They don't listen to that person. And just kind of a domino effect, especially like with children of men, um, you know, the whole premise of that is humanity becomes infertile. And then all of a sudden this one woman becomes fertile and she can have a baby. And then like some people for whatever reason are trying to stop it when you kind of want humanity to go on. So that's when you're sitting there watching, you're like, why this is a good thing. Why are people trying to kill her? They're like, come on. So who oh, ain't going to get my money. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny how, you look at a lot of these movies, especially like Hunger Games, and you go, how did, you know, how did they get there? And then you kind of look at even just previous history or in the, you know, earlier time of how things kind of went and how things history-wise, you're like, oh, okay, okay. You know, because I mean, you can look at India too with the caste system that they used to have, you know, back in the 1800s and 1700s. And you can look at American history and kind of see how, the way the thing's going, no wonder that, you know, people get compliant and then it just takes a little faction. I mean, look at Star Wars. People get compliant with the Empire and then all of a sudden you just start building that rebel force up to overthrow them. And you're like, yeah, you can do it. And Hunger Games is one of those ones where you're sitting there watching like, again, it's kind of like Running Man where it's televised, right? And that's the whole premise of it is like different yeah, they, they, districts. Bring, they bring the kids together every year. The district picks a tribute, and then they put them in a ring, and everybody watches them like pay-per-view to see who survives. Right, and that's another thing. Is like you're like, why would people watch pay to watch that? And then I look at society now. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, <laughs> I get it. Because it would be trending on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody um, had a nice comparison about that. That was a little bit terrifying when they were talking to some friends and they were having a a very logical discussion of what district they think they're in in the Hunger Games. And they start bringing yeah. up points. You're like, wow, that's, that's, that's not far off at all, is it? We're not especially, separated by giant walls with trains yet, but it's... Well, especially since like the whole Hunger Games comparison started coming out because of the whole murder hornet thing. <laughs> they're like, it's Tracker Jacks. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I hope those don't coming our way you know and it's another thing too to look at hunger games is how dystopian it was and how rundown some places was yet they had the technology to make this giant dome that can control weather and everything like that they can do that but they can't take care of the people come on same with maze runner right yeah they, they could do that whole maze thing and you know giant science <laughs> experiment it seems ridiculous, but uh, then I okay. think of the the average one percenter right now. Yeah, let's okay. let's let's have a go political. Let's just go with 
the actors and actresses that make lots and lots of money. How many actors have mansions with 40-plus bedrooms in them they stay out like two months out of the year? True. You have True. two working adults in your household, and you have four people sharing a small apartment. Yep. True. All right. Some dude that his entire line of work was he read some lines in front of people and wore some makeup and has more money than the two of us will ever make in our entire lifetimes. True. <laughs> for that movie. True. There, there's definitely some haves and have nots there. And again, not knocking anybody. It's Well, I mean, that's kind of been like again, the whole history of things. You can go back to the Roman Empire of the have and have nots type of thing, you know, just different I mean, the medieval times, obviously, I would be probably a serf <laughs> by, that, by those standards, um, you know. It, so I guess, you know, history has those waves, and that's where the dystopian movies kind of take from. Um, so I guess that's maybe why they feel so real at mm-hmm. times. Um, you know, especially like, what, in the 90s, we kind of had a gasoline shortage. I know there was one in the 70s, but then, you know, I think that's where kind of the idea for Mad Max came around is, you know, the climate's gone and people are fighting for gasoline type of thing. You, you go back to Waterworld, and that's the one that always freaks out me. All these just the crazy movies and plot ideas, there's always finite resources, and that's what people are always fighting over because the only things to live. Water's still the one that scares me to death, like for real. Because <laughs> you don't like seafood? <laughs> no, like I like being able to drink. <laughs> like literally actually having water because you don't survive without water. <laughs> That's why you got to learn how to, what, filter your pee like he did in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't want uh, to still filter my own urine. That just it, it does not sound fun. <laughs> See, this is what we need to do. We need to stockpile in gasoline just in case we go Mad Rax route. Get, um, you know, moist towelettes just in case we go Book of Eli route. We need to get, you know, jars of dirt. <laughs> Twinkies for <laughs> Zombieland, jars of dirt for Waterworld, because <laughs> that was like gold. And some seed packets from Wally. Yep. Yep. Those would be in our emergency kit. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go the Walking Dead route, a bow and arrow, which we both already have, <laughs> would be the ideal. It's true. It's true. <laughs> a towel. Oh, yeah. Okay. stuff. Technically, that's a dystopian future, right? Yeah. <laughs> entire worlds of worlds obliterated, save for two humans. Well, that's the thing too is you can look at a lot of these movies where they're not maybe not classified as dystopian, but you look at it and you're like, no, that's kind of dystopian. <laughs> how about how about Tank Girl? Bringing that back on there for a future. Oh God, man, I haven't seen that movie. That's another one that's way way over the top, but you break down the small things of it, and yeah, it's. A corporation that took over people, and there's mutant kangaroos that were military experience underground that are fighting back against water and power, and this girl that can fly tanks. So, you know, it's, it's a little little crazy. It's a graphic novel, but overlying principles: there was a society, and there was a corporation that took control of the water supply, and then started ringing people out. So, it was part of water and power was welcome to did stuff, and everyone outside of it became a basic terrorist, and they shot and killed them and then threaten to take more of their water away, and then here we are. Wasn't that, didn't they make that a movie, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well, another movie that you just remind me of that, for whatever reason, I don't know why I didn't think of it, but was Snowpiercer. 
I never yeah. saw Snowpiercer. Oh, it's fantastic. Everybody's on a train. And again, that's, it's broken into class systems. Um, it's a fantastic film. Check it out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have Captain America in it, Chris Evans, and, you know, tries to go up and, and take over everything like that. And the world is a giant ice thing and the train has to keep going. They made a TV series of it, I guess, now too, which I guess is pretty good. I haven't watched that, but I've seen the movie. And then The Road, I don't remember much of that one. I do remember I liked it, but again, it was one of those kind of like gray dystopian movies. <laughs> and you have other ones too of uh, Chappie. Oh, yeah. Giant word me, the robot that talks. I really yeah. felt for that poor robot. But, uh, I mean, that whole premise of it was artificial intelligence. I, a lot of the, the recent movies have been focused on robots. You got Chappie, you got Alita Battle Angel, all these kind of things that focus on robots kind of rising up or being a bigger part of stuff, which I, I think we're still a little further off than that. Happened with those Boston Dynamics robots. They're cool looking, but they're. They're not going to come over and take my life yet. <laughs> we've we've brought this up before about how, you know, there's that video out there that's entertaining, but it also makes you feel of the Boston Dynamics robot getting kicked over, <laughs> you know, so. When they have him getting cursing back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's the one where, like, they kick him over and you see him kind of struggle and try to get up and you're like, this is this is the point. This is the breaking point right here. <laughs> and, uh, I, other ones that are in a sense, dystopian. We watched the Dark Knight trilogy over the weekend. And that's basically the same way, too. Gotham City is a completely corrupt city, and we're in a future that has more technology than we've ever imagined on here, and anyone that's working class is getting crapped on, and anyone that's rich is going their merry way, and then there's... It's, they, they seem so outlandish when you read it in a book or watch it in a movie, and you break down the little pieces of them. You're like, dang. <laughs> well, it's funny because we were watching something the other day, too, again, where it brought up kind of like a virus that was like a flu light symptom. It wasn't a zombie movie. I don't remember what it was, but it was another one of those ones. You're like, ooh, this is kind of close to home now. It's like it's not something you think about when you're watching them back in the day, you know, like, you know, Shaun of the Dead or something like that. But like, especially if I would have watched Anna and the Apocalypse or Anna vs. Apocalypse, whatever it's called, you know, when it came out a couple of years ago. It probably wouldn't have been, I'd have just been like, oh, you know, just brush it off. But now when you're hearing that, you're just hypersensitive to it. You're like, huh, am I going to wake up tomorrow trying to go down to the shop to get a Coronado and uh, there's going to be zombies around or what's going on? <laughs> that is the, uh, I, I, I think we've always talked about this. The reason that I love fantasy, sci-fi, fiction, things like that is because it was an escape from reality. Mm. And... It's, I think, human nature that people, you know, at the way things are, that's the status quo people are comfortable with that. So any kind of change is definitely, has an effect on people one way or the other. But when there's so many more things that were once such outlandish ideas that are now not so outlandish in real life, that my brain starts going, oh, come on. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've been watching a lot more cartoons lately, because they're even a step further of being more outlandish and not possible. Until you watch like Futurama, which is still kind of a dystopian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty outlandish though. I will give you that. I love that show. <laughs> it, it, it's home once in a while. 
And you, you cannot tell me the episode with his dog. Oh, yeah. Calling your eyes out. Oh, I know, man. That one gets you right in the feels big time. It hits you out of nowhere, too. Like, oh, this is kind of a sad episode that it ends your way. <laughs> Every time. Even like when you see a meme of it, you're just like, mm. gets you. There's uh, like the Purge, RoboCop, Judge Dredd. Hey, Serenity and Firefly. Yeah. They're based off the same ideas for it. But that's the same plot as Star Wars, but it's just different rebels doing different stuff. Yeah. You, yeah. I'm just trying to think. I mean, like, even, you know, Demolition Man. If we're going to go the route where Taco Bell is going to become the fanciest restaurant around, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, even video games, you got Metro, the whole series, which is based off of a book. That one's really, you know, kind of dark and, you know, there's mutants, but at the same time, it's like humanity's fighting each other, and you're just like, hmm. <laughs> I figured you're going to the Fallout series next. Yep, Fallout <laughs> is, is right there. We're not living in vaults yet, so. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Have you seen that house that's for sale in Vegas? The one that's like a fortress? Yeah, it's like an underground bunker. It's like three thirty thousand square feet or something like that. But yeah, when you're moving in. All the rooms are decorated, so it looks like they, they, you know things painted on the thing like Vegas casino style, but inside in a bunker that's fifty five yards underground. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my, my claustrophobia would not let me survive in an underground bunker. Oh, so you don't need help moving then? No, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be really cool to visit, but I honestly, a lot of movies when they go down the the, the tubes and the tunnels, they go beneath things. Even it's Avengers or Resident Evil, they're going down those underground caverns. I don't care how big and open it is under there. I think I might lose my mind <laughs> because I'm 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 not super super claustrophobic. Like, I can be in a small space, be okay. But if I can't move, it's not okay. Or if I don't think I can get out, I'm not okay. And the second my brain goes, "Huh, there's a mile and a half of dirt between me and fresh air," take me up. Yep. So that means you wouldn't live. You wouldn't live, you know, in a underwater city or maybe a city up on the moon when there's just, you know, a little bit of barrier between you and just tons and tons of crushing water or just the voidness of space, no air. Yeah, I feel like I'd be interested what a psychiatrist would say about this. I feel like <laughs> the emptiness of space is not as terrifying as being crushed under a bunch of rocks. All right. I, I, I. This is how my brain works. I don't know. Sucked out of an airlock into oblivion. Not near as terrifying as being underground and not being able to get back to the surface. <laughs> I, my, my daughter was asking me about terrifying dreams I had when I was a kid. I, don't ask me why. Um, but it made me think of one recurring dream that I had that I think might have something to do with this whole phenomenon. It was an old like wooden boat raft-looking thing probably 18, early 1900, something like that. And going up towards shore, sitting on a boat, a bunch of people. Abraham Lincoln was on the back of the boat with a stick pushing us towards shore. We get close to the dock. All the people jump off. I'm still on the boat. The boat starts sinking. I'm underwater trying to get back up, and I can see the reflection of Abraham Lincoln, all these other people on the dock sitting down watching. And I can swim up high enough that my hands can get out of the water. 
but I can't get the rest of my face out of the water. And then I drown and wake up. Had hmm. that dream a dozen times as a kid. Parts of it are still crystalline in my brain. <laughs> All right. Huh. Well, on, on that note, which dystopian future would be better for you to live in? I think I'm, I think I'm kind of with you on the matrix where you don't know, but at the same time, it's one of those ones where maybe Mad Max or Waterworld type of situation. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's tough to say because it's not a fair, quite fair comparison. Because oh, no. the, the Matrix, red, blue, red, blue, red pill, blue pill. If you knew about it, it suddenly wouldn't be okay anymore. Right. But if you never knew it wasn't real, it wouldn't be so bad. But as soon as you saw behind that curtain, your whole it's, it's all over. But I, I would definitely say if I had to pick a dystopian future, I would want one of the space ones just so I can be in space. So you're not crushed by the ground or water? Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm I'm all for the robots. Like I said, I'm I've I've made friends with Google. I I'm not going to be on the first kill list at least. <laughs> yeah, and you think didn't. of the cybernetic implants, the whole like elitist style stuff, or yeah, pop in a new eye socket if you lose something to replace your arm, something like that. There's, there's some there's some pros to the super techno advancements of things. Yeah, the Deus Ex, the whole video game series. Has has the the cybernetic stuff, so okay, yeah, maybe maybe that'll be that to go. But uh, you you know, you've heard us babble. We want to know which dystopian future scares you, and which one would be eh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't the word dystopian kind of make it bad though? Yeah, like we're not talking about utopian futures. They're like, oh, you know, it would be great if humanity <laughs> was raised and there was giant robots taking us over. I mean, because that's what Elysium is. It's a utopian, but also a dystopian movie. Because, you know, you have the elite up there in the little space ring, and then you have humanity down here. I guess utopian, still, utopian versus dystopian is what side of the poverty line you're on. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of dystopian movies. Because <laughs> there's tons that we didn't even touch on. So. Oh, yeah. I, I looked at a list here just to look at you. That's 280 movies or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We keep going to the, the high ones that everybody knows, though, like Mad Max, Hunger Games, Maze Runner, uh, Divergent, right? That's one. Yep. 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 Insurgency stuff. So on that note. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep easy on that. I had to relive that nightmare. Talk about these futures. I have a feeling I'm not going to sleep well. If Abraham Lincoln comes back in your dreams, you got a lot of snow. Well, I, I just watched Bill and Ted again tonight, too, so I, got, I saw a good version of Lincoln for an hour and a half, and then we talked about this. So... I should not have any late night snacks. <laughs> uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we are Get Geekish. Uh, love to chat with you. Social media at Get Geekish. Let us know about what your dystopian future nightmare might be. Uh, maybe we can chat up or some other great dystopian movies that we need to see that we haven't seen yet because hey, who's not looking for new stuff to watch, right? True. <laughs> but uh, Get Geekish about something. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>